I was doing a PhD. I was in uni for eight years. Final year, dropped it. Couldn't see myself having a career in academia. Never in a million years would I have imagined myself to be an artist. Did some soul searching, figured out what I wanted to do. I kind of stumbled upon art by complete accident. Realized tattooing wasn't really my thing. But <laughs> the idea of making a living through art was much more broad and wider than I had imagined. There are so many different avenues to pursue art. Art can be applied in a lot of different ways. The more empowering lesson was that all it really took my own two hands. Pick up a pen and paper and start drawing something I needed to go to art school to really polish my skills. The teacher said, if you can draw a person or a character in a background, you'll be able to find work in this modern day economy in art. It also reinforced the fact if you have the skills, you can do it. You actually showing that you don't have to be a genius, like naturally artistic, gifted person to be an artist. As long as you have an initial interest that you can acquire as a skill first. My classmates, they introduced me to conventions through that whole convention, I pivoted away to something much more independent, flexible and more freelance because the client is coming to me for my style, for my skills. Huge reason of why I'm doing this is because of the freedom that it allows me both yep. creatively, professionally to draw and design things I care. Sharing that with anybody who would care. I feel this is like a very ultimate way of pursuing artistic freedom. Dug deep into my own roots of who I am as a person, naturally manifested in this broad Asian way. What gets you to build up this brand is so profound because this is your roots. You found that sense of identity reflected on magnificent through your artwork. I think that's powerful. I think I always had an interest in fashion. In addition to drawing, I could explore this fashion side. A huge negative impact. The majority of my business was focused around the conventions and shows and attending those in person. So with COVID happening, the shift had to be on the online side, but the online side was never the actual focus. There were so many other things I had to learn that wasn't art related. Always that inner voice tells you that it's a lifetime pressure so I'm not easily give up. Self-agency, that autonomy. There are very few things in life where you can exercise those things to this kind of extent. I'm racing against myself, focus on myself and not worry about others. The first step then to take your idea into executions. You can dream big, but you also need to do all the hard work. And I know this sounds cliche, but it's never too late. I feel like you can go further than you think you can. It was a huge honor today that I have artist, entrepreneur Henry Feng join my podcast, Life Designer. Born from the artistic history of the Asian cultures, Henry's artwork strongly reflects traditional aesthetics with inspirations ranging from calligraphy, tattoos, woodblock, prints, printing, folk noir, manga, and everything in between. Furthermore, he added another layer to her work presentation, turning his unique drawing into prints and clothing. He created his fashion brand, Sumi Threads, in 2018, based in Sydney. Sumi Threads featuring a traditional aesthetic and modern design, emphasizing unique and detailed designs, quality material, and a customer service focus. I'm truly impressed how he is taking on almost two most changing roles and one goal artist and entrepreneur. I can't wait to share the story behind it and let's delve into the conversation now. Hello, Henry. Welcome to my podcast. Hi, Jing. Uh, how are you going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been ages. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, we are still in the middle of the lockdown, but we are about to get out of the lockdown soon. Yeah, this is going to be a very promising conversation we're going to have today. <laughs> so again, welcome to my podcast. I'm just going to yeah dive into the conversation with our opening question here. I would like to dig into your life journey of connecting to art to become an artist, which eventually led you to establish your fashion brand, Sumi Threads. Let's go back a little bit to your childhood memories where you were a kid with a 
strong interest in joining, I guess, or is it like the result and the outcome of the years of the certainty? So could you walk us through the story of you pursuing art and building your brand? Thanks, Jing. So my art journey essentially began back in 2017 or so, 2016, around that time. The start of the story is actually a little bit sad uh, because this was right after I had discontinued my PhD. Oh. So up until that point in my life, I was uh, pursuing a PhD. I was in uni for eight years. I did my undergrad in health science. I did one year of honors and then I took a half year break and then went straight into a PhD. Did that all the way until the fourth and final year and dropped it because I just couldn't see myself having a career in academia. Yeah, after the PhD, I was essentially highly depressed. I'm not sure what to do with myself, what to do with my life, what career or anything like that. It almost felt like a dead end, but as we'd later learn, it was more of a reset, a chance for me to reorient myself. But to answer your question, when did it start? It was yeah, shortly after finishing the PhD. So around 2016 or 2017, the way that I came about it was kind of by accident because never in a million years would I have imagined myself to be an artist. I came from a conservative upbringing, Chinese upbringing, and any kind of creative pursuit was essentially out of the question. It wasn't something that I ever considered because at the time, my narrow-minded, naive, younger self thought that any kind of creative career was generally risky or uh, very difficult. Wow. Fast forward to 2016 when I decided to have like a whole PhD thing and like <laughs> did some soul searching, figured out what I wanted to do. I kind of stumbled upon art by complete accident. So after I discontinued from the PhD, I spent an entire year just pondering what to do, thinking about what to do next with my life. Should I go back to uni? Should I start a new course? Should I just get a job immediately? At that point, I would have been 26 or 27. Obviously, I wasn't getting any younger and the time clock was ticking. Time was still going. So I knew I had to march on in some way, somehow. And so I spent that whole year after the PhD thinking about what I was going to do. This was by complete pure chance. One day I was on Instagram just browsing randomly and I saw an advertisement for a tattoo apprenticeship at a studio. I took a chance. I just applied with nothing to lose, basically. <laughs> and somehow, against all odds, I successfully received the um, apprenticeship. I guess that marks the true beginning of my art journey into the art world. Yeah, I did the apprenticeship for about, about five months or so, roughly half a year, a little under half a year. And um, long story short, that didn't end too well. <laughs> and I kind of realized tattooing wasn't really my thing. But... <laughs> During yeah. that short time in the apprenticeship, I realized two important points. One was that the idea of making a living through art was much more broad and wider than I had ever could imagine, could conceive. And what I mean by that is originally when you tell me, oh, an artistic career, what's that like? I would automatically think of fine art, oil paintings, gallery shows, exhibitions, that kind of stuff. Just the tip of the iceberg. So when I did the tattoo apprenticeship, I realized, oh, art is so much more than that. Art is so much broader than that. There are so many different avenues to pursue art. It's not just painting, it could be tattooing as itself as well, which is, you could consider it an unorthodox path, but I guess in this modern age, it's becoming increasingly uh, common. So that was the first thing I learned in the apprenticeship, that art can be applied in a lot of different ways. And the second thing I learned is that, I guess this is the more important lesson, the more empowering lesson was that all it really took was my own two hands, so to speak, you know, seeing these tattoo artists in the studio working day in, day out with their tattoo machines, you know, coming up with designs, tattooing it on people 
people's bodies, it really helped me envision myself doing something similar. Although it wasn't necessarily through a tattoo machine, all I needed to do was pick up a pencil, a brush, a marker, something, and I can do it as well. Whatever it was, I hadn't fully decided, but it opened my eyes to how quote unquote easy it was. Maybe easy wasn't the right word, but how simple it was. All I needed to do was pick, pick up a pen and paper and, and start drawing something or even writing something. And that's it. That's all it took. That's the first step to this artistic journey of mine. So I was very empowered and my mind was really open to the possibilities of what I can do. And then, yeah, shortly after the tattoo apprenticeship, I gave myself an entire year to essentially teach myself how to draw, to polish up my skills, to see how far I can go, how far I can push myself. Fast forward one year later, I did learn a little bit on my own through the internet, through online tutorials, watching videos, uh, reading books, stuff like that. But I realized I was learning too slow. And again, the clock was ticking. I wasn't getting any younger and I felt like I had to play catch up with other people in the creative field who had been dedicating their entire lives to this from a very young age. I felt that kind of pressure behind me. So after learning on my own for a year, I made a bit of progress, but I decided I needed to uh, go to some kind of art school to really polish my skills, to really fast track this new career I was going to embark on. And so I enrolled in a school in Central Park called PAD Production Art Department. Luckily for me, they had a one-year course, which was perfect. <laughs> Quick and easy, to the point, learn hard skills, four subjects. Yeah, it just fit the bill of what I was after. If I remember correctly, the four subjects were something like concept design, color and light, human anatomy, and visual development. Essentially, each of those subjects represented the fundamental skills that most professional artists would need to pursue a professional career outside of abstract art and that kind of stuff. But the art style that I was looking for, I was looking for something more, what's the word, more maybe practical is not the right word, but along the same veins, like applicable skills. Yeah, useful skills, skills that can be applied in a range of different ways. I remember one quote from one of my art teachers during that course at school, a quote from my teacher. He said it was actually an answer to a question that one of the students had asked him about career stability or job prospects. And the art teacher very succinctly gave them a very poignant answer in retrospect. The teacher said, if you can draw a person or a character in the background, it doesn't matter what quality it is. It doesn't matter what style it is. If you can draw these two basic things, you'll be able to find work in this modern day economy in art, in whatever form. And that really opened my eyes again. It also reinforced the fact that if you have the skills, you can, you can do it. I felt like at that point, I was definitely on the right track, that this was something for me and I was going to stick it out and see how far I can go. So finish art school one year later. Art school was in 2018, by the way. So the one year course ran throughout 2018. And my classmates, they introduced me to conventions. For people who don't know what conventions are, these were more pop culture oriented conventions. So think Supernova or Oz Comic Con, more on the geeky side or nerdy side where you know, people gather together and celebrate all things geeky. It was like a community in that case. Uh, my friends in art school, they told me about the, these conventions and how fun they are and how you can register a table and sell your artwork at, at these shows, which again, blew my mind. I didn't even know that the idea of people buying art from me was still very foreign because although my mind had quote unquote being opened to the possibilities in the art world, it was still very narrow. I was still thinking about it in terms of a nine to five job. I was still thinking about it in terms of employer plus employee in that kind of strict and rigid typical workplace hierarchy. I, I was still very not narrow-minded in that respect. At that point, I still didn't really fully grasp and understand the idea of freelancing or anything like that. My friends told me about the shows. They said, Henry, you should try it. You should, you know, just have fun, see, see where it goes. And that's exactly what I did through the help and assistance and support and guidance. I went to a show, I shared a table with these classmates and we sold our art there. Long story short, <laughs> we did quite well. We, we all sold our prints and I was really surprised at the reception that pop community 
community, the customers, the attendees that they showed towards our art. And again, that was like another revelation to me. So at this point in my story, you gradually learn that every single major milestone of the way of my art journey was just revelation after revelation of what it means to be an artist and what is possible within the art world, how it's so flexible, how it's so open, how you can apply your skills in a variety of ways. So long as you have the chops to do, just draw something or come up with a design or something, you can apply it in a million different ways. And so my learning experience through that whole convention was that I took a huge liking to it and I pivoted away from my original idea of being a concept artist, of being employed in a game company and working nine to five to something much more independent, something much more flexible, something more freelance. And this was around middle of 2018. So midway through my art school, my art course, that's when I completely shifted gears and changed directions to focus on this new direction for myself. Yeah, I finished art school in 2018 and 2019. I took this new direction and pursued it as far as I could go in a professional sense. I wasn't sharing tables with my friends anymore. I was going to these shows alone and setting up my own table with my own art that I had created over the past year or two. Yeah, I slowly built everything up from there up until now, I suppose, before COVID hit. In short, I've been doing conventions for about a year and a half before I had to stop because of COVID. And that brings us up to my current phase of, I guess, my art career, my art journey, whatever you want to call it. Wow. Yeah, man, that was really long-winded. I don't even know if that was entertaining or not. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea. I think that, first of all, that was such an amazing journey. It's just like a lot of the valuable lessons you shared with us here about art, because it's totally even like shaking some of my typical ideas about the art world, about being an artist. Getting back to the very initial point of you deciding pursuing art as your career, like in my very narrow-minded brain, I've always felt like, oh, you wanted to become an artist. Artist, you needed to have that, the history, the bondings with art from the very beginning of your life. And also the art is something which is so far away from the people who doesn't have that kind of the gift or talents. So in my mind, it's always like more talent given. It's not like that much of the skill based in that particular area. But your story, you know, like with all, uh, by the way, thanks for sharing that story based on the years, you know, so it's so clear <laughs> in the time phrase. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and <laughs> within just three years, how you you transform from being someone who is outside of the artwork to actually uh, really becoming the artist until this point of your art career with your own style. And so it's amazing that you actually provide this possibility of showing that the art can be pursued regarded as a career. You don't have to be a genius, like naturally artistic, gifted person to be an artist. Yeah, with all the foundation skills you learned in the school, like art can be learned. That's a very powerful message you send out here. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, ab- absolutely. The, those pathways you provided here is just like in the real practical steps. It's just like any other type of career we're pursuing here. It all takes foundation skill to build up first. And also, of course, you have to took all the plant here. It takes tremendous courage to pursue something that which is very new or something that was very niche. I mean, like, you know, if you wanted to, let's say, make a living out of it. Yeah, so you decide to take all the risks. There was transition period where you feel lost, where you don't know what you wanted to do. But you always keep trying to explore. Until now, I still have that mindset like, oh, you know what? There was a certain type of things. I'm never going to be good at it. But as long as you have initial interest, you can always work on it to acquire it as a skill first. And then you're building up to something bigger. And also how you have this mindset shift about 
about your career pursuit. Instead of being like working from nine to five, there are always alternative that suits you better, you know, to be a freelancer, to be self-employed. Yeah, I think it's all about having that growth mindset as opposed to fixed mindset, which guides you to that new direction of your life pursuit. Like now you shared with us in that much details. So I just have totally different view about what it takes to be an artist, the ways to actually build the, our career in the art world. It can be practical. It can be possible for anybody, right? Yeah, absolutely. So another thing that I learned shortly after I went to art school, the thing about art is you don't need permission from anybody. <laughs> you, you can literally just just do it and nobody can stop you. You don't need permission. You don't need a company or anything like that. It's literally very skill-based. If you can draw the thing or do the thing that people are looking for, that's all it is. That's all you need. Uh, a portfolio to demonstrate your skills, what you're capable of, and then boom, you're off to the races. You can start looking for work. To tie it back into my original point about how liberating it felt, how empowered I felt. Yeah, it basically I, all came down to my own skills, my own potential. Alternatively, if I wasn't good and, and you know I was slow or whatever, it would all really be on me, on myself. It was a very clear and direct line between art, the skills, and meeting the demands of the market. If we're looking at this from an employment standpoint, from the perspective of earning a living, it's essentially like, do you have a valuable skill that people can use? Do you have a skill that people need? And if the simple answer to both is like, yes, you have the skills and two, people need it, then boom, it's super simple. Like everything else makes perfect crystal clear sense in my own head. Yeah, that's what I realized. Uh, but I still wanted to ask you a question. So you say the art is uh, like skill-based and also you're trying to use your skill to accommodate your client's request. But as artists, uh, you know, in this creative process, are you trying to strike the balance between like your own ideations and your customer's requests? So like you are more just uh, freely created anything you feel like created, you know, like just those ideas coming from your own or you're actually trying to strike the balance between your own creations and also customer's needs. Uh so firstly, I don't do that much client work. I'm pretty much self-employed. I freelance. I still continue to do these shows, which goes to say that I don't usually take on client work because more often than not, I find that really constricts my creative freedom. And that's a really big disadvantage, not in the sense that, oh, I can't express myself, but it's a big disadvantage in the sense that I'm afraid at the back of my mind that I won't be able to deliver what the client needs, which is why I don't take on client work all that often, unless if I really like the job or if I am 100% sure I can give them what they want. So to answer your question, in the rare instances where I do take on client work, I don't have to think too hard about that because the client is coming to me for my style, for my skills. They like what I can do. Sure, they'll have a brief, they'll have a description of the project or the outcome that they want, but everything else is essentially left to me to decide. And of course, I'll still liaise with the artist and communicate with them. Of course, I'd still liaise with the client, communicate with them and have reviews for them just to bounce ideas back and forth and just to get them to double check things to see if they like it or not. But the hard part about balancing my own self-expression with what they need, usually that doesn't come up too much, at least not in a difficult way to overcome, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think once again, this is a proven point where the difference between the artist and the designer, because you're artist, so as you said yourself, I still freely express myself in my work, which just attract those audience or clients who feel related to me. So I'm not proactively trying to connect to the audience. It's uh, another way around. But as designers, designers has to decentralize the, from their own idea. They kind of need to meet the customer's needs. So yeah, I think that's a very valid point that you still put yourself under the center of your creative 
the process. So it's a more self-expression oriented in your artwork. You just attracted all the customers who appreciate that style of yours art or who like your the artistic aesthetic. Again, that provides a lot of the space for you to just express yourself in the artwork. So I guess that's probably the reason you are so enjoy creating the art in the end. So you get like this opportunity to really just focus on yourself, which can still turn into the tour of making some realistic living as well. So it's perfect compositions in some way. Yeah, if I wasn't able to draw what I wanted or design what I wanted, I don't think I'd stick around with this art yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The huge reason of why I'm mm. still doing this is because of the freedom that it allows me, both yeah. creatively, but also professionally in terms of being able to control my own schedule, dictating my own work hours and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think I can never relinquish that now that I've gotten a taste for it. <laughs> so in some ways, I guess you could say that's a little bit selfish, but in other ways, it's also a huge upgrade and I don't want to go backwards. <laughs> but you know, like Henry, I just wanted to say it's my observations. I think like you said in your story sharing, you can be the artist through the practice, through learning the skill, developing the skill. But you also needed to have them like your traits, like personalities. You are that kind of the person who is, let's say, are incapable of <laughs> doing like a five office type of work. Yeah, so I assume because you have this very strong desire of like, creating something on your own with your great spirit. So that is part of your natures. Yeah. So I think that was also something somehow take you onto a totally different life journey than you planned it before, right? I think to become artist from your personality side, there's still something which is fit in the artist nature. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. That means what you're doing now is also quite nice with your personal pursuit and also professional pursuit. So that's why I think everyone do have like some meant to be role. Yeah. Okay, so now uh, let's just, um, oh yes, about the, your brand, you are inspired by the Asian culture, manga, characters, calligraphies, etc. I can easily capture that is mystery and aesthetics in your artwork because I'm Chinese myself. So I'm quite interested in what's your brand message? So because I mean, you are the artist, you are also, may I say you're also a designer? Yeah, like fashion design, you already created your fashion brand, Sunni Press, and uh, you have your the online sale website and I know the business is going bigger. So what's your the brand message? Um, I don't really have a message, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> it's not like a, I have an elevator pitch that, you know, I'm going to tell a CEO that they should invest in my company because this is what I bring to the world. I'd never really thought about it that way when it came to creating my brand. When I even had the idea of creating my brand, the only thing that I was really concerned about was, I guess, two points. The first point is to draw and design things that I care. And the second point is, and it ties into the first point, is, I guess, sharing that with, with everybody else, you know, or anybody who would care. It just so turned out that given my interests and life circumstances, my upbringing, everything, if the thing that I like is a Chinese art or more broadly Asian art so to speak and so yeah given the description that you read through my inspirations coming from calligraphy paintings manga characters folklore those are all things that I find really fascinating and interesting that speak to me obviously it ties into my heritage and, and my culture also the reason why I went in this direction artistically aesthetically because after I finished my PhD I was obviously very depressed I was very unsure of myself even confused about what to do with my life and I really had to dig deep and think really hard about 
about who I was, who I wanted to be in a philosophical sense, almost. After thinking long and hard and backtracking enough, I really dug deep into my own roots of who I am as a person. And so I guess the direction that I went with naturally manifested in this kind of broad Asian way, so to speak. Yeah, I don't think my brand has any particular message. <laughs> I think I just want to make nice looking designs and, and creations that are inspired through all the things that I mentioned. And hopefully the rest of the world enjoys it too. So I guess you may not have a specific message behind brand, but what gets you to build up this brand is so profound because this is your roots. As you said, you are wondering all these years as to really get back to the original points, who I am, where I'm from, where is my roots. So I think that that was probably the deepest, the most profound brand message can be because you found that sense of identity reflected on, you know, magnificent through your artwork. I think that's powerful. So whatever we call it, brand message or like it's your inspirations of your work, uh, as long as you have something like that as your the underlying drive behind your work. So this could become something which is a very sustainable way of living your life. I think that's just great brand message. So that's also help you to formulate it your own unique styles in your artwork. Yes, the art can be the skills, but I think every artist is also always trying to build up their own individual signature, right, behind their artwork. You find out your signature, your style, and then you spread it out to the rest of the world. I really like your idea that you care and you also wanted to share with someone who cares as well. Yeah, that's the long and short of it. That's the general gist. <laughs> Whenever someone looks at my creations, I don't know if they think about it as deeply as that. But at the end of the day, if they like what I'm doing, that's really all that matters. They don't necessarily need to know or understand the thought process behind it or, or what it means to me. As long as other people like it, that's the most important thing. Yes. Um, I don't think of myself as being too important, if that makes any sense. Of course, when I was creating this business and developing my brand, I have you know very clear vision. I had my own motivation to express. But that's all very personal, like for myself. And if other people don't see it, that's okay, because that was never really the intention. So I guess to kind of answer your question um, in an indirect way, it wasn't so much as having a message for my brand, but uh, it was more important to have a guiding light, so to speak, a compass, a north facing direction, true north that I can always adhere to if ever I'm lost. Uh, so, so yeah. Yeah, I, I actually really appreciated that, that idea. You say, I wanted to make myself less significant in this whole delivery. I would say, of course, you are the center of your own creation. But when you're trying to deliver it to the world, you're trying to kind of like even distance yourself from the outside world. I don't know. I feel this is like a very ultimate way of pursuing the artistic freedom. As an artist, your work definitely can reach someone, help you to connect it to a lot of the other artists and your customers Yeah, in a very mutually connected way. So that's great. But cannot be reached to everyone. I mean, that was applies to everything. Yeah, so when you actually hold that principle of doing your own work, you always have that self-focus on your work, but also not overpowered or even overkilled by how others feel or comments towards your work. That's why you can just keep producing artwork with your creativities. As artists, you won't be too self-critical or too harsh to yourself. So just uh, producing something you like it, if the customers like it as well, then that would be great. Okay, so yeah, actually that was bring up my next questions and I was truly interesting I'm very keen to find out you actually started with drawing and paintings and then you created your fashion brand so may I say like building this fashion brand serves primary purpose of showing case of your drawings yeah
Yeah. So why did you particularly choose like the format in a fashion? I mean, that can be anything like say crafting or in any other way to display. So is that because you are also interested in the fashion design? So they somehow like combine the both of elements you are interested in, drawing and fashion. Yeah, I'm really curious. So why particularly you choose to deliver your art ideas in clothing? Yes, why fashion? Um, I think I always had an interest in fashion, but I never entertained thought in a serious way, in a serious professional way, I guess. As in, I never had any ideas to ever become fashion designer or work in a design studio or a tailor shop or anything like that. But when I pursued art the way that I did through conventions and stuff, I realized that this was an avenue I can pivot into. This was something that I can do. And again, it goes back to the flexibility and um, how free I felt. Like I could, I could literally do anything I want, and nobody can stop me. I don't. I need to ask for permission. Like if I just want to start making t-shirts, I'll start making t-shirts. I don't need yeah. to ask my boss for permission. I don't need to double check budgets and fill out paperwork or anything. It's just, if I want to do it, I do it. Yeah. I guess at some point in my art career, that's what I realized. In addition to drawing and selling art prints, I realized I could explore this fashion side, wow. whether as a hobby or in a more serious professional way of fully developing the brand to something bigger. I guess it was kind of a mixture of coincidence and the opportunity presented Presented itself, and so I just gave it a shot, basically, and here I am. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's great. And also, I guess to have the fashion as the career of your artwork, it also pivots into another potential business opportunity to make the profitable. So the brand also leads to a lot of the other activities where you're doing all the conventions, and you build up the websites, and you sell the T-shirts with your own print, not the one you designed it. Yeah, so that's all perfect combinations, right? I would say it's like the right agent uh, or media that further share your work. That's why I was wondering. So what's next?、Uh, you're building up the brand. I think it's back to 2018, right? 2018. Yeah, that's why I started the brand、um, at the end of 2018. So that coincided with when I finished my art school. That's when I yeah took everything seriously, took it up, boosted it up to the next level, and just really pushed myself to see how far I can go with this pursuit. Yeah. So which stage are you standing now with the Smith thread as the brand? In the long term, you probably will be on a lot of the conventions to selling all this, the clothes, right? The customers can also purchase your design from the websites.、Uh, but now, obviously, you cannot do any kind of the convention tour. So, how did you keep running your brands online? I guess. Yeah, so obviously when COVID kicked in, conventions ceased to happen anymore. A lot of events had to cancel the events for the year, or reschedule, or delay. It's been going on like that for the past year and a half. So a lot of my business,、um, like you said, relied on online side of things. But in saying that. It was still it was really difficult because、um, the bulk of my my work and business is focused and oriented in the convention side, the front facing, the face to face with the customers and such like that. The online side was never really big focus, if that makes any sense. It was just there for convenience for people to buy online if they didn't make it to the shows. It was there for.、Uh, Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. <laughs> I saw that. The yeah, yeah, it was, it was mainly there for convenience, as well、yeah. as you know, in case anybody did search up my brand, there's something for them to look at. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, the convention shows that I go to and do, they happen on average about once a month, maybe twice a month. And so I figured when I'm not doing these convention shows, I should have a space where I can still showcase my creations and work. That's actually really the main reason why I have the site <laughs> and the online side of things. Yeah, it's more like a glorified site. 
coast, if you will. Wow, because I was totally so in another way around, like totally opposite. I thought that your main focus is your website where you see the old product, is your online merchandising. And so the convention is just a way of you promoting your work. It's a little bit like pop-up stores. So, and, and also you get a little bit fun of doing it. So you get it to meet your customers. I really thought that that was actually just the side of your business as a promotion tour. But I guess now with the pandemic kicked in, have this actually affected your business focus? I guess during the pandemic, a lot of the physical store has been shut down. So they all have to move to online. It leads to my next question. How does this pandemic impact the business and what's the gain and the loss for you the business in this crisis? And what's the greatest learning you have from this crisis? Yeah, I guess you already addressed that. All these conventions canceled it. That was definitely a devastating impact to the business. Yeah, but still... You are still keep doing yeah, how this pandemic impacted your business and also what's the greatest learning from this pandemic? Uh, I think the way that it's impacted my business is exactly the same as the impact of a lot of other businesses all around the world. And that's to say a huge negative impact because again, like I said earlier, the majority of my business was focused around the conventions and shows and attending those in person. So obviously with that out of the picture, the shift had to be on the online side. But like I said earlier before, the online side was never the actual focus. So with COVID happening, I had to reorient my focus once again. And so when COVID happened, the only other avenue that I can really develop, build in a meaningful way during this difficult period. It was only natural, right? Like if people can't go outside, what are they going to do? They're going to be online. So, you know, put one and one together, you you focus on the online. But obviously that's easier said than done uh, because obviously I don't, I'm not particularly tech savvy. I'm not well-versed with the online world or the online side of business at least. And so in terms of challenges, that's become its whole difficult learning experience. There were so many other things I had to learn that wasn't art related. So it was a difficulty, but it was also an opportunity because I had to force myself to learn and adapt new things once again. And any time where it felt like it was too difficult or too hard, I reminded myself of how far I had come doing art. And so I drew on my strength from that and basically encouraged myself. Like, if I can do art, I can do this. If I can do this, I can do something else. And the next thing, whatever it is, it was definitely difficult for sure, but it was also, yeah, no, it was mainly difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is difficult. But as you said, always that inner voice tells you that that is the lifetime pursuit. So I'm not easily give up. So that kind of level of the difficulty or challenges somehow it also becomes a positive influence that push you to stay out of the comfort zone, develop the new skills, or even like shift your mindset of running your whole business. Of course, no one wants to be in these situations. But when this kind of the pandemic <laughs> is in, then we just all need to find a way, think out of the box, or, you know, like definitely giving up is not the option there. So as long as you have that underlying drive of pursuing what you are pursuing as a human being, I don't know, maybe it's the part of the nature. Yeah, we just always have that resilience. I mean, that was actually leads to potential success as well. I think pretty much you also answered that question about what is the underlying drive. Actually, you wanted to add anything in about that? What's the underlying drive for you to pursue in the art? The underlying drive... 
guess my underlying drive when it comes to why I want to pursue art or why I am pursuing art is that I get out what I put in. I see, I personally see a very clear, direct correlation there. And again, the fact that I don't need to ask for permission to do anything, I could just do it myself. Everything's within my own control for the most part outside of COVID. I feel like those are the fundamental characteristics and elements about art and that really keep me going because these are things that I really value, that self-agency, that autonomy, that independence. There were, I feel like there are very few things in life where you can experience those things and exercise those things to this kind of extent. Yeah. And so when I think about myself in a situation where I wasn't doing art, not many other answers or alternatives come to mind. Yeah, during the days and times where I feel unmotivated or feel like I can't go on any longer or mm. where I might have doubts or hesitations, that's what I remind myself and that's what keeps me going. Wow. Yeah, that's very conscience also empowering because in the reality, I guess, I mean, it's hard to have the perfect life, right? <laughs> it's always comes with these strugglings and self-doubts and lost. Particularly, there is the external pandemic situations just added more challenges. Yeah, so always trace back to original point of your uh, life. I don't feel like you just live a life with the purpose. Naturally, it's like we are trying to create the meaning and the purpose out of it. As you said, there are so much you actually gained from this art pursue that level of the freedom and also the flexibilities autonomies yeah it all allows you to thrive in the area and with your passions and the skills that definitely brings you all those you know, moments of the joys the achievements yeah although the you know difficult time everyone's facing that stage that basis of like you know feeling a bit unmotivated once in a while as long as you have them underlying drive of doing what you're doing that always is going to help you, support you, yeah, just to, to go through all the difficult times, particularly like this. I really wanted to dig deep into these questions. You said that I am approaching each piece with the goal of improving by 100% with the process. Wait, I, I think you said 100% instead of 1%. <laughs> yeah, I can't improve by 100%. No, that's too much. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not Superman. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, let's just no, 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 it's okay. Yes, okay. reduced to one hundred. Oh, why would I keep saying one hundred? Yeah. Okay, let's <laughs> go back to maybe I'm any other one hundred person. That's not kind of the projecting myself. All right, go back one. Take two. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's, that's smart. Two person, two person. Can I just put a two person in there? All right, you said that one person is one person, right? I told you I'm stuck on the numbers. <laughs> um, <laughs> you said I'm approaching each piece with the goal of improving by one person, whether it would be streamlining my process, discovering the new tricks, or simply being quicker. I really like this way, the way you intentionally and consciously grow yourself because I'm kind of a little bit opposite. I try not to measure how much I progress, but just sense that with my intuition, I just never go back to look at my work. I guess sometimes I may be afraid of getting into analytic or reflective of what I'm doing and then find out I may not make much progress as I expect. So how do you see your improvement you know, along with such a clear mindset in place compared to the day one? Yeah, it's been an amazing journey for you, I guess. Yeah. So how will you look back? How did you see your whole the progress you made so far? 
Yeah. If, if I reflect back and look at myself from when I started this whole artistic journey to where I am now, I've definitely improved. That's for sure. But of course, there have also been times where I haven't seen much improvement for months on end. And that's just the nature of art, I feel like. I know for a fact that it's something that's not unique to my experiences. I know that a lot of other artists share the same struggles and, and I guess trends, if you will, when it comes to this measure of improvement. Like, have I improved? Like, how do I know I've improved? And you know, can I really be sure? It's kind of funny when you mentioned that you don't look back at your at your old work. I, I do every now and then. And that, at least for myself, is a reassurance that I've definitely moved forward. So yeah, the thing that I remind myself when it comes to the point of improvement is that I'm racing against myself. I mentioned earlier how I felt like I had to play catch up with all the other artists in the world who've been doing this much earlier on in their lives. And at first that was very daunting and discouraging. But now that I've been doing it for as long as I have, so what, three, four years now, I think the most important thing to really keep me on track and to keep me not depressed <laughs> is to just remind myself that I'm racing against myself. It doesn't matter too much what other people are doing or how much they're improving or what their artistic journey is, because at the end of the day, this is my artistic journey. And so this ties back into the points that I mentioned before, how I like that a lot of this, this is in my own hands. I like that a lot of this is in my own control. And as a result of that, or incidentally, because of that, I should really focus on myself and not worry about others, if that makes any sense. Oh my God, that makes huge sense. May I say that was a very major shift from like being a little bit competitive, like say how you wanted to catch up with the other artists worldwide to more focus on yourself. I think that yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a there's a competitive side to it for sure. Like every now and then, when I see an art piece that somebody else has made and it's really amazing and outstanding, that just makes me feel more motivated and more fired up to keep doing and improve as as much as I possibly can. Yeah, I, I don't feel discouraged in that sense. I know some some people might, <laughs> but again, whenever I'm in doubt, I always remind myself, hey, this is within my own hands. This is within my control. And if I go back to the basic principle of all I need to do is pick up a pen and paper, so to speak, and just make a mark. If I can do that, I can build off of that. I can keep going forward. I can keep going up. You know what I mean? Even if I were to be dramatic and say, you know, I lost both my hands tomorrow and I could only use my mouth to draw. So long as I can keep making simple marks on a piece of paper or on a computer screen or whatever, so long as I can still doing that, even if it's in a different way, then that's all I need. That's the path forward, you know? By the end of the day, you just realize that your biggest enemy is yourself. So that's why you say you are racing against yourself, right? Yeah, of course. Exactly, we... exactly. Mm. Absolutely. And and I'm the kind of person who believes in themselves. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of self-confidence in that regard. If, <laughs> if, if things are in my control, I can believe in myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have that nature, then you have all the power and the strength you need to escape out the spirit on this journey. Again, that biggest competitor is yourself. When you realize that, there was a lot of the benefits, actually. First of all, there are so many great artists outside, as you said, so they can always be positive influence, become like the source of the motivations for you to strive to become better. Also, once you know my focus is myself, my own improvements, yeah, so you will definitely feel less depressed <laughs> and then just going to be more focused on your own work to say the progress you made it compared to the older yourself rather than being over comparing to other artists. Yeah, I think that is a great source of the confidence. So that's make everything you're doing is become more sustainable. So I will adapt to that approach, actually. I mean, I should once in a while go back to reflect what 
what I have done. Of course, I think if we just keep practicing, there's always going to be improvement there, right? All right. Oh, my last question is almost there. Yeah, I think you already addressed quite a lot about that conventions. And again, I didn't know them before. Your whole business focus turns out to be all these conventions tours. So we know the lockdown is about to finish. So if everything goes well, have you already planned out all those conventions tours in the following months? Are you going? Yeah, absolutely. I've been. So where would be your first conventions tour? So fingers crossed, assuming the lockdown lifts according to plan sometime in October, checking my schedule, I'll have about three more conventions uh, before the end of the year. One will be in Sydney, one will be in Brisbane, and another will be in Melbourne. So I'm already planning them now uh, with the assumption that they will go ahead, figure out all the bookings, table registrations, stuff like that. But even though it's only three shows left in the year, I'm excited to return back to them and just re-familiarize myself with the whole experience because I'm sure I'm not the only one feels that way. So that's on the convention side of things um, for the end of the year. And hopefully next year, everything will be mostly back to normal. In terms of other developments, I'm also hoping to expand into the US sometime next year as well, start doing some convention shows over there. So I'm really going to return to work in as full a capacity as possible, really hit the ground running and just go full charge because I think I speak for a lot of people when I say it feels like the past year year and a half one to two years have been life that's been on pause <laughs> so I'm just excited to get back to work again I'm just excited to move forward do what I love and just keep improving like you said wow that's uh, very inspiring yeah I think we had enough pause <laughs> we have enough break so it's time for us to get back to the game I mean yes this uh, whole pandemic situation sucks that pretty much got a lot of the art plans terminated and then we have to come up with the plan B even just trying to survive first there's so much struggling emotionally and mentally it's every day going on but still you know you have that kind of the hope that just keep you going you still have that passion that energy which is all built up once that get it to explode it I believe that will become very powerful so I'm very very looking forward to seeing your future work particularly up today with all the sharing I just feel you know what someone just probably born with the connection to what they are caught up in life or some people may find their life pursue figure out what they wanted to do later on in their life journey everyone has a different pace to going through different phase of living life but eventually I guess what we truly want is just to live your life with an intention and a purpose once you find that you have the motivations of improving yourself getting better serving others so you just have that drive to live your life with hope every day you know yeah yeah. And if it's one point that I want to end on is that, and I know this sounds cliche, but it's never too late. If I sum up my entire journey up until now, I guess starting from uni, I thought I was going to be in academia. I thought I was going to work in uni. I thought I was going to be a scientist and do research, but that original plan completely went out the window at the age of 26, 27. You know, I never in a million years would have predicted or guessed that I'd be doing something artistic now. Definitely not in this kind of capacity and scale either. So, and again, the tradition understanding when it comes to art and creative pursuits is, you know, oh, it's unstable or it's really difficult. And it is in some ways, but at the end of the day, if you develop your skills, you believe in yourself and you really try and apply that and stay true to yourself, I feel like you can go further than you think you can. So yeah, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's never too late to start. Take me as motivating example, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. You already have all my the motivational figures in my life. 
yeah, from lots of the podcasts I listen to or even my own journey, I come to the realization that when we are not content with our life, we will begin to seek for a change. And then there were always so much fears, scares out there. And often, <laughs> a lot of the other people's opinions there, which we don't know why we care so much about it, you know, make it no sense. It's your life. But at the end of the day, you only have one life. And life is so short. When I see that through, I just came to that point of getting over with others' opinions or ideas, focus on my own inner voice. As you said, you still have to do all the groundwork. You still have to learn the skill, develop the skill, do all the hard work. That is the fundamental. But that was the also the first step then to take all of your ideas into real executions. You can dream big, but you also need to do all the hard work. Yeah, that's why I make you a living example because you did all that. Sorry, just last bit. As you said, you always teach yourself into academic person. That's why you wanted to do a PhD. But you have the courage to really give that up in the very last minute. I mean, so close, right? But you decided to cut it off, turn around to pursue a completely different direction, which you never picture yourself in that. I would say not everyone have the courage to do that. I mean, we're not encourage anyone to do that either but yeah just always follows your inner voice until now when you look back should i ask you in that way have you ever regret that you didn't complete your phd this only takes just half a year ago i mean you can still have the phd because many people may want to have the backup plan like oh i can still have that degree whatever but you don't allow yourself to have any backup plan it's not like you already have this idea of pursuing art as the next step before you quit but you decided just just quit first and then depressed for half a year <laughs> and then boom <laughs> and you know you go so when you look back to that journey and um, I'm just so amazed by the human kind's the strength have that resilience to bounce back from the north point in our life heading into the new direction or finding the new meaning of life so when you look back how did you because I know you said yourself, pursuing art is the best decision you have made in your life so far. So I don't know what I'm trying to ask, but I still feel this is a very amazing story. Thanks. Yeah. And I guess to add on to the last point that I made is, you know, believe in yourself, have a plan, whatever your plan is, but also don't be afraid to change your plans. Like it's your plan. You get to control the plan. You get to change the plan. The plan doesn't rule over you. You know what I mean? The plan serves you. The moment the plan doesn't really work anymore, like change it. It's, it's okay. I know everybody has their own personal circumstances in their life that they got to deal with, but even so, you still have more control than you know. So that's what I really want people to, to remember. Yeah, then potential, then infinite possibilities in your life. Since I started in the podcast, I heard all the people sharing the story amazingly. <laughs> they all sometimes share the same story in that journey. I mean, not like doing the same thing, but they've all been through all this transformation. It's not all the story about success. Actually, success has never been the key words in the story sharing. But as you said, you have control of your own life. You've been consciously pursuing the life you wanted to pursue and you focus on yourself. This message always been the key message we send it out there and I mean cross the, the nationality backgrounds languages turns out I guess we are all the humans and we all possess all the similarities somehow in order to just live in our life yes yeah, hard of course it's challenging yeah but we still enjoy this journey so I'm so glad to hear all your plans and I say how you grow yourself how you grow your business but there was one thing that hasn't been changed is like how you've been so determined to control your own life and also as you said you planned it out everything in your life but some 
sometimes didn't work out. <laughs> and it's not probably even your fault. It could be a good plan in a different situation so because there's so much out of control as well. So when a plan didn't work out, you just change the plan. Exactly. You have to go with the flow sometimes. Sometimes your plan doesn't account for things. Sometimes your plan you know, comes across unexpected situations and that's where you just got to adapt and, and change. Don't, don't be too rigid. <laughs> Yeah. And also that point you said, like, we probably can always go beyond our limitations. We probably can always do something that we sort of were never capable of doing. So I can definitely say infinite possibilities in your future art pursuit journey and career journey as well. So yeah, let me know when will be your conventions. I mean, the one in Sydney, hopefully I'll be there. going to be amazing just to reunion again, face to face. going to take a little bit of time for us to recover from this pandemic emotionally, to be honest. Let me just been done <laughs> there. I guess we're we'll going to probably have a little bit of difficulty in race socializing <laughs> with the word again, but I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably going to be the hardest part, learning how to socialize again. So <laughs> that's probably going to be the, the next uh, big hurdle for my business. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me, Jean. Like, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate the opportunity. And I hope my story was uh, somewhat informative, uh, if not entertaining, maybe, hopefully. Uh, yeah. It's both informative and entertaining. I mean, I always appreciate all forms of the art. The huge respect on the artists. Yes, of course, all the industries, all the occupation is essential. But just my personal attachments, I always enjoy art, you know, the forms, particularly music and movies. Yeah, I truly have this tremendous respect on the artists. Because of your hard work, you contribute back to our community, to this world in a very beautiful way. Yeah, we do need art in this world. So what are you doing is so meaningful. Yeah, just... Uh, keep doing what you're doing enjoy that's very important as well so enjoy this life journey create as much as you could and uh, i think that will take you to where you actually wanted to be so everyone has a life goal career goal i think eventually if you're just um, holding that drive uh, don't forget about your beginning mind and initial intention it's also exciting what is going to happen in the future if you think about it yeah absolutely Thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I really appreciate your genuine sharing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep, thanks again. <laughs> Thank you very much. After spending eight years in university with one step away from completing his PhD, Henry realized working in academia was not his true calling. Stumbling upon a tattoo apprenticeship course by accident opened his eye and mind to understand the art ranges that are much wider and broader than he ever imagined. He also came to his first revolutionary understanding of pursuing art through skill-based practice. Further stepping onto art training in an art school, he was connected to the convention, which led him to reach another revolutionary mindset shift in pursuing art as a career. Not only can art skill be developed and progressed through practice, art careers also can be built in various forms, being self-employed and freelance, etc. He was also really empowered by the fact that all he needed was just a piece of the paper and a pencil to start drawing, which was his first step to pursue his artistic journey. He had to do lots of the soul-searching and broke lots of his comfort zone to see what it means to be an artist and what is possible in the art world. He said pursuing art is the best decision he ever made because he also found his roots and identity in this creative process. His rooted love in his dream for Asian art, woodblock, prints, 
Volkno manga, his art creation becomes unique and sustainable with sensible identity underpinned behind. He further paved to create his fashion brand Sumi Thread, leverage different avenues, convention on a shop central to sell clothing with prints he designed. His fully oriented and focused on his art journey artistically and professionally. Then Kowei Kikdi. No doubt had impacted his business devastatingly as his main business focus is on those conventions, shows which to attend in person. While the all cut cancelled, he again had to shift back to online, which required him to be quickly adaptive to the new business dynamics. Despite hurdles and frustrations internally and externally, he has continued his artistic journey with determination to reach revolutionary milestones one after another, as he always did. The underlying drive behind is that he gained self-agency, autonomy, and independence through art, which are the venues he truly appreciates. Also, not that many alternatives in life he could find in accessing that. Henry's story is so empowering because he is a true living example of his level too late. I'd like to end this episode with his own sum up of his life journey up until now. Starting from uni, I thought I was gonna be academia. I thought I was gonna work in uni. I thought I was gonna be a scientist doing research. But that original plan was completely out of the window. I never in a million years would have predicted or guessed I would be doing something artistic now. Definitely not in this kind of capacity and skill either. Again, traditional kind of understanding when it comes to art or creative pursuit is always unstable or difficult. It is in some way, but at the end of the day, you develop your skills, you believe in yourself, you really try to apply those skills, stay true to yourself. I feel like you can go further than you think you can. So it doesn't matter how old you are, it's never too late to start. Thanks for listening to my podcast. See you next time.